try now to, to live the Christian life by faith. Uh, it's not by sight, but it's by faith. And this morning, we're going to take a look at it, probably one of the most um, not, not really talked about, preached about people. Uh, it, now, it's, it's, it's a part of the life of Joshua, the children of Israel. But if you have your Bibles open there in Joshua chapter number 2, uh, let's take a look here in verse number 1. The Bible says, Joshua, the son of Nun, uh, sent out uh, of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. And the, women, uh, the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out, whither the men went, she says, I what not, I, I don't know, she's saying, and then she says, pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. And she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had lain in, laid in order upon the roof, and the men pursued after them the way to Jordan, even unto the fords, and as soon as they, they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate, and before they, they were laid down, she came up uh, uh, unto them upon the roof, and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you." Now, when you look at this passage, of course, we're just trying to give you a little back, a bit of background to this particular portion in Joshua chapter number two. A couple weeks ago, we looked at Joshua in Joshua chapter number one when he took over after Moses, of course, had passed away, and, and Joshua was Moses's minister, and God was going to continue His work uh, leading His people, and He was going to use this man that we know as Joshua. When you look at this particular uh, passage, it reminds me, as we think about journeying by faith, that when a person gets saved, and I, I pray this morning that you do know Christ as your Savior, but when we get saved, we begin what we call our journey of faith. Uh, God takes us as believers, and some of you can attest to this. God will take our journeys, uh, our life, uh, through times of testing there's pressure that comes through testing and sometimes it might be the heat of trials that God will use in our lives but nonetheless God will use those things and why does God do that because what God is trying to do through the testing and the trials is God is trying to transform us in, in and he's trying to help us to become a more mature child of God and that is the desire that God has for our lives that we would be growing as a Christian. I hope this morning that as you come, that you're coming expecting God to help you to grow more than, than maybe you were when you came this morning. So when God begins to work, it's an amazing thing. I know I appreciate God's working 
in my life and how God has helped me over the years. And guess what? I haven't arrived and you haven't either. We're a work in progress. When we come to Joshua chapter number two, the Bible mentions this, as the Bible calls her, this harlot by the name of Rahab. Now, it's neat to see in this passage how God worked in, in Rahab's life. And, of course, we understand that as, as you see the city of Jericho there on the slides, uh, one of the probably the, the best representations that I could find, Rahab lived, and a lot of people believe that she lived, uh, as you can tell, there's an, there's an outer wall and an inner wall to the city. Uh, there was some space between the walls. Now, uh, because of the way the story goes, a lot of people believe that Rahab lived on the outside. She actually lived, the, there were people that lived in the wall, and a lot of people believe that that is where Rahab uh, lived, her and her family. Now, What's neat is, is that God was going to do in Rahab's life, like he's done in so many of our lives, is Rahab was going to be changed by God to become a diamond that God's light could shine through. And that's, I think that's what God would have for each one of us, is that the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. God was going to change Rahab's heart. I mean, you know, we understand that before they ever got near this city of Jericho, the passage this morning records that Joshua sent two spies to go spy out the land. Remember, God had promised the land of Canaan to the children of Israel. He had done that even before the days of Joshua. But what was interesting is, is that before they go into the land, as you can see here by Jericho and many other places, that there were established cities and there were peoples that were occupying that land. And this is just one of those many accounts where, in this case, Joshua, their leader, was going to have to lead them to conquer not only Jericho, but other places. God had promised that he was going to do this. Now, he led them, before they got to Jericho, to the, to the Jordan River. The Bible mentions in verse number one, the city of Shittim there, how that, that, that's where they were encamped. And it was from that place that Joshua sends the spies to go spy out the land. Jordan was a, uh, Jericho excuse me, was a city, as you can tell there, it was well fortified. It was surrounded by these walls, it was protected. And the children of Israel, no doubt, probably thought to themselves, how in the world are we ever going to be able to take this city, penetrate this city, get through these walls. And as, as they were thinking about that, they must have wondered how this was going to take place. They certainly could not climb the walls, and uh, they began to think about uh, how is this going to be possible. And the only way that it's possible, we just sang about it, is nothing is impossible until you put your trust in God. God's power was going to be needed. Now, what's interesting is, is, remember Isaiah wrote these words, God's ways are not our ways. Now, God certainly could have done anything he wanted to so that they could go in and take this city and inhabit this place that God had promised to them. But God does something that is, to us, very unlikely, but yet it was very effective. And that's what the story is about this morning, how that that God began with his power to touch the heart 
of one of the inhabitants of this this city that was a very paganistic culture. It wasn't people that were steeped in religion as far as the right kind of religion. It was people that were steeped in idolatrous practices. And so notice how the story starts this morning. If you have an outline there, it begins with the reputation of this woman by the name of Rahab. Now, yesterday, us men that were able to come for the breakfast, we had a discussion, and I I talked to them about something that I said that all of us as men have, and that is we all have a past. Another thing that we all have is we all have a reputation. Uh, You know, you stop and think about this, your reputation this morning, I hope that it is something that is good and it is something that's godly. But when you think about Rahab's uh, reputation, Joshua sends the spies into the city and the Bible records that they actually stayed of, of all places. They stayed in the house of this woman by the name of Rahab. Now, notice her reputation, first of all, was a reputation of iniquity. The Bible says that they lodged in Rahab's house, and the Bible actually says that they came into, verse number one, an harlot's house. She was known for her lifestyle. The Bible says, look at it there, Psalm 90, verse eight, thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. Do you know that you cannot, you might think you can, but we cannot hide our sins from God. God is God. He knows everything about us. He knows even those things that we think are secret, God knows all those things. The Bible says in Isaiah 59 verse 2, your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Look, just like Rahab, our sins too have hid God's face from us. If there's something in your life this morning, and I I hope there's not, but if there's something in your heart that no one else knows about, not even your spouse, no one that knows you knows about, if there is something there, listen, can I tell you, that sin is separating you from God, just like those walls separated the children of Israel from the city known as Jericho. And the Bible records that this woman, like all of us, she had a reputation. And her reputation was a reputation of iniquity or sin. But notice, secondly, she had a reputation of idolatry. Because this, this woman was a part of a culture a land of idolatry. These people that Rahab was a part of, they were actually condemned by God as idol worshipers. Look what it says there in your notes. I gave you some verses in the uh, Old Testament book of Numbers chapter 33. And follow along with me this morning. Look what it says. God says, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, when ye have passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, this is what they're about to do, but this is back in the book of Numbers. He says, then ye shall drive out, notice all the inhabitants of the land from before you. And watch this, he describes the people that they're gonna have to drive out. 
destroy all their pictures, in other words, images. He says, destroy all their molten images. He says, he says and quite pluck up down all their high places, that's their altars. And he says, and ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein, for I have given you the land to possess it. Now, some, someone tell me this morning, we're talking about the days of, of Joshua, Rahab. Is idolatry a thing of the past, or do people still have idols today? So what would be, what would be an, an idol that somebody might have today? Money, what? Celebrities, athletes. Yeah, uh, worshiping someone other than God. Possessions. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Look, I gave you a simple definition this morning. An idol is an image or it's a figure that, that we have consecrated as an object of worship. See, a, a lot of people, do you know why there's some people that won't be in church today? Because they're, they're either out, like as some have mentioned, maybe they're out on their boat. Uh, maybe, maybe they're working today. There are people that are married to their jobs. Uh, that, that's all they live for is their job. Some people, it's all about money. Many of these and, and more have already been mentioned. In other words, when we say that we're worshiping something, what are we doing? We're ascribing worth to it. it, it watch this. We're saying that it's more important than even God. See, an idol is anything that comes between us and God. That's what an idol is. And yet we live in a culture, I mean, folks, so many people, even Christians, are driven towards things instead of God. And I want to remind you, it's there in your notes, one of the many verses in Exodus 20. Let's read this verse together, all right? See it there, verse 3, thou shalt have no other... And notice it's a little letter G, because there's only one true God. So God says, in other words, I don't want there to be any idols. I don't want the... So it's interesting how God sends them into, take this land that he promised to them. And this is one of the many conquests. It was the city of Jericho. And God uses a means that we would have never come up with. They, these two spies go in, they lodge with an harlot... And while they're there, of course, God tells us in his word what her reputation was. She, was. she was a sinner. By the way, we're all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And she was steeped in idolatry. God was not a part of her life. And so many, yesterday, we were knocking doors, and there were, there were false witnesses right across the, on the same street we were on. They were on the other side of the street. And I'm going to tell you something, I, it just broke my heart to see those people spreading the lies that they were spreading because there are people on that street and everywhere in our city and around the world that need to know the truth about God. People are steeped in idolatry. See, this woman, like all of us, had a reputation. But notice, secondly, notice the redemption of Rahab. Aren't you glad the story doesn't end there? You know, we, certainly, look, remember I said, 
uh, us as men yesterday, we talked about our past. Hey, listen, all of us could talk about the things, and as I told the guys, I said, this isn't a time for us to air out our dirty laundry. Hey, praise God, we've been saved by the grace of God. And that's exactly what happened in Rahab's life is that, that no matter what you've done or no matter where you've been, can I tell you this morning, God loves you. God loved Rahab. Can I remind you what the Bible says in John three sixteen? For God so loved the world. That includes Rahab's. That includes everyone. And God loved this woman God will save anyone who will turn to him in faith. So notice when you think of the, her redemption, I see in verse number nine, her realization. It, it, the Bible says in verse nine, look at it. Here's what she says to the men. I know, see that word there? She says, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. You know what that means? God had already, before the spies got there, God had already been working in her heart. How many of you can remember before you got saved, you didn't realize it, but after you got saved, you look back and you realize God was working in your life before you even knew it. Anybody else besides me? I, I, I just remember distinctly looking back and thinking, I never really knew or realized that God was working before I even got saved. But here, before the spies come, God had been working on her heart and he had been revealing his power. You know, God's still doing the same thing today. God, in many ways, is still revealing himself to mankind. I mean, God is not dead, folks, right? Amen? God's not dead and he's still working. Well, how does God speak to us? Well, God uses things like his creation. God speaks to us through his word. God speaks to us sometimes through circumstances. Things happen in our lives and God manifests himself. Remember how there were people in the Bible that, that had infirmities and Jesus even said that they were born that way so that, that the power of God would be made known unto them. God will use circumstances in our lives to reveal himself to us. God speaks to us, and in verse number nine, look at it again, the Bible says, she said unto the men, I know that the, look at that word, that the Lord. So notice what Rahab called God. She, she calls him Lord. Hey, do you remember the, when Jesus died on the cross for our sins? There were two thieves hanging on either side of him, and the one thief railed him, and said, hey, if you are the Son of God, why don't you get us down from the cross? And you remember what the other thief said? Anybody remember the exact words? Lord, remember me. And remember what Jesus said to that thief? This day thou shalt be with me. You know why? Because he acknowledged he was a sinner, and he acknowledged that Jesus was God in the flesh. And this woman, she says, she, she says, I know that the Lord, the God of Israel, I mean, she knew that the God of the Israelites was the source of power. He was the source of blessings. The Bible says, look at 1 Timothy chapter 2. The Bible says, who will have all men, this is talking about God, who will have all men to be what? Saved. saved. And here it is. And to come 
to the knowledge of the what? Truth. I love the rest of that, that other verse there. There is, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, and it is not the Virgin Mary. It is the man Christ Jesus. So listen, when you understand here that, that Rahab, yes, she was a sinner. Yes, she was steeped in idolatry. But God was working in her heart. Do you remember the day God was working and stirring your heart that you realized that you were a sinner and that God was the source of all blessings? Well, listen, I don't know about you, but I remember what I did when I came to that realization. I repented of my sin. And that's exactly what Rahab did. Notice her repentance. The Bible says in verse number 11, look at this. As soon as, as we heard these things, look at this phrase, our hearts did melt neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you for the lord your god he is god in heaven above and in earth beneath see rahab look there's no doubt when you look at this story that all of those that were in jericho all of them saw the mighty work of god they all saw the power of god but according to this passage, only one of them actually believed it. And that one was the name Rahab. She believed, the Bible says here, that she, said, she gives a testimony that, that their hearts melted. She turned from her old life in faith. She turned to the Lord, the God of the Israelites. I love what D.L. Moody said. If God's today be too soon for thy repentance... Thy tomorrow may be too late for God's acceptance. If you're here this morning and you are not saved, you've never had a time in your life that you put your faith in Christ and Christ alone. The finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins. He shed his blood so that we can have eternal life. If you've never made that decision, can I tell you, don't put it off until tomorrow because you may not have a tomorrow it's important that we understand the gravity of life look at first thessalonians 1 9 the bible says this they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how ye turned to god from what from idols to serve the living and true god that's what rahab did Rahab says, look, all my life, I, I, I come into contact with people, I talk to people. I talked to two men sitting on their front porch yesterday. Well, I talked to one, I tried to talk to both of them, the other one could not speak English. They were Vietnamese. The one man was 41 years old, I don't know how old the other one was, they looked about the same age. The one that was talking to me said that he was a Buddhist. The one that I could not communicate with, the Buddhist told me that his friend was attending a Catholic church with his family. And I began to talk to him about God. I began to talk to him about uh, who God was. I, with God's help, I was standing there sharing scripture with him, and I was, I was praying this to myself, God, give me wisdom to help this man open his eyes to turn from a life of a false religion to the true and living God. Now, I didn't see their man yesterday trust Christ, 
But praise the Lord, the Bible says that his word will not return void. That God can use anything that is witnessing for him, any word that we share. And we're trying to help people like Rahab. Listen, when, when Rahab got saved, she turned her back. Did you hear me? She turned her back on the idols of Canaan. She no longer wanted that in her life. The Bible says, old things are passed away. What's the rest of that verse? Behold, all things are become new. See, the, the old things in her life, she didn't want them anymore. And the world today, you know what the world needs? Christians who, listen, will turn their back on the idols of this world and serve God only. When Rahab left Jericho, look, you can study your Bible. You're not going to find where Rahab actually asked to take her idols with her. She realized, hey, listen, I have God in my life now. That's all I need. Christ is all I need. And, and so in our lives, listen, just like Rahab, when, when we leave that life, we need to understand that there's been a great change that's taken place in our lives. I love how the, there was a little girl, she responded one day in the church service, and there was someone that was following up with her, and we, we do the same thing here. We, we try to be gentle with children. We don't want to mislead them. We want to try to make sure they understand things. And this, this adult worker asked this little girl, he said, now, you know, you, you made a decision to trust Christ today, and uh, he asked her, do you, do you really understand what happened to you? And I love it, you know, children have a way of putting things. I love how children, how they think. It's so simple. And this little girl, she says to this man, well, I don't really know, she says, but I, I used to be a sinner running after sin, but she said, now I'm a sinner running from sin. See the difference? See, so many times we're running after sin. We need to be like that little girl running from. That's what Rahab did. She realized she was a sinner. God was working in her heart. And as a result of that, she repented. She turned. And look what the Bible says. I love Hebrews 11. But right there in verse 31 in Hebrews 11, the Bible says this. By faith. And notice, God even calls her there in Hebrews 11. The harlot... Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Hey, listen, the best part of that verse right there is those first two words, by faith. Rahab exercised faith in God. And notice that, yes, she had a reputation, but I am so glad to see the redemption that came into her life, which brought about, thirdly, the reliance of Rahab, because she's now because she has believed on the Lord. She's now a woman of faith. And when faith is present in our lives, then the Lord is there. And when God is a part of our lives, guess what happens? Only God can change our reputation. Aren't you glad that God has helped you to become the person that you are? And listen, it's all because of him and not because of us. And so this woman's reputation, she had what I would call a working faith. In other words, you see evidence here by her actions. James says it this way, Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Now, don't get me wrong. Her, her works did not save her, 
But notice that, that her, after she got saved, that salvation was seen by her works or in her works. Notice a couple things about it is, number one, she had faith to spare the spies. Look in your Bible there in verse number 14 of chapter 2 of Joshua. The Bible says in verse 14, the men answered her, Our life for yours. If ye utter not this our business, it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. So notice, what did she do? She trusted the words of the spies. She risked her life because of this situation. It was an act of faith, and it was demonstrated by her work. She let them down. She hid them according to the word of God. James 2.25, look at this. It mentions her, likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. See, she had faith to spare the spies, but notice also she had, she had faith to save her family. Go back to verse number 12, look at this. The Bible says in verse 12, now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, she says, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token, and that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. Drop down to verse 17. The men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. So here, here's what I see is she knew, she already knew. I mean, look, this was long before the internet, long before television long before Facebook and, and Twitter, she knew that the city of Jericho was going to be destroyed. There was no doubt. And the Bible says she had let them down out of her window on, on the wall to, to help them to get away. And she asked the spies to spare her family. She knew the destruction was coming. But look in your notes there, because when you think about this, Turn over to Joshua chapter number 6, and I want you to see a couple of verses here in Joshua chapter number 6. Remember, she had faith not only to spare the spies, but to save her family. Joshua chapter 6, look at verse number 22. The Bible says here in verse 22, But Joshua said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in, and they brought out Rahab and her father and mother and her brethren and all that she had, and they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. Look at verse 25. Joshua saved Rahab, the harlot alive, and her father's household and all that she had, and she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day, because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. 
And when you look at that story, it's an amazing thing because her act of putting that scarlet rope, that cord, that has to be more than a thread to let them down, but, but it was really a great reminder. What does it remind us of when you see that? And I apologize, but it's, there is no modern day picture that I could have gotten of Rahab and that scarlet thread, that rope that she hung out the window. But I'll tell you what it's a, a great reminder of. It's a great reminder of the blood atonement that we see in the Bible. A couple great verses here. Look at them there and you know it's Exodus 12, 13. The, the blood shall be to you for a token is where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Remember the death angel was going to go through? And they had to apply the, the blood to the post of the doors. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. Well, why did they do that? Well, Hebrews 9.22, the Bible says almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. If Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption, how? Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. But when you think about the significance of this, it could have just been any old piece of rope, but it was a scarlet rope that was hung out there. You see, just days after Rahab helped these spies, the entire city of Jericho was destroyed. But the Bible says that she was spared. And I love that there were two outcomes that you see through this passage. Now, by the way, don't forget, we're dealing with a woman here that the Bible over and over and over again describes as a harlot, a sinner. A lot of times we think about who we are and we realize that we're a sinner. And there were two great outcomes. And I want you to think about these outcomes from Rahab's life and her actions. First of all, I just showed you a minute ago, she, by God, was placed in what's called the hall of faith. See, by faith, she trusted God. By faith, she hid the spies. By faith, she saved her family. And, and so she was placed there. In other words, her security and yours and mine was based on her faith in God. See, we're saved today because of what God has done for us. And I love the fact that God put this woman in what we call the hall of faith. But the second thing I think is very interesting. Because if you notice there, I've given you Matthew 1, verses 5 and 6. The second thing is interesting that she was actually placed in the messianic line of Jesus Christ. Rahab the harlot. Now look at the verse there. The Bible says, and Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. Jesse begat who? David the king. David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias, or Uriah the Hittite. Now, do you know who Solomon is according to this? Solomon is the great, great granddaddy of King David. And Solomon is the one that Rahab the harlot undoubtedly must have married. And they had a child by the name of Boaz. 
I mean, you see, when I look at this and I, I see this scarlet cord and I see how she was placed in the hall of faith and I see how, how that she was immortalized in the messianic line of Christ, you know what I think about? The wonderful grace of Jesus. I think about how God's grace can take a woman with such a reputation and use her life. And it just reminds me, hopefully reminds you too, that every day of our lives, we need to be living out our faith on a daily basis. Uh, folks, listen, I, I don't know what your past is today, but if I can see from this passage how much God loved Rahab, whatever you've done, wherever you've been, God loves you. And if you are not saved today, then the answer to that is that you need to turn in faith to God and trust in God and God will deliver you and God will help you to influence all those in your life too. What a great passage here this morning. A lot of times we focus on the, the city of Jericho and how the walls came down, but hey, listen, think about what all happened before that took place and how this most unlikely of persons God used, God touched her heart. And if God deals with you this morning, don't push God away. Allow God to bring you to himself. Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you so much for how you worked in Rahab's life and changed her. And I pray that as we uh, hear the word of God and the truth, things that maybe we already know, that we would respond by faith. And that as we are saved, that our lives, there would be evidence of that salvation by, by our actions, by the things that we do. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd bless this next hour, that if there are those that, that are, are on their way here, that have asked to be, to be here as a friend, a guest, Lord, that they would come, that they would hear the truth. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd help those that are here to realize how much you love them and how you gave your son for them, that they can have a home in heaven someday. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.